0: Welcome back, guys, to Divorce Healthy. So I am really excited for today. I'm gonna kind of talk with you for a little bit and go over a couple of things. A couple of things about me that I haven't really talked about yet, which would be my firm and another firm that I have, and my law partner, Ben. And he is a really important person to me. And he's gonna be an important person on this podcast because he'll be one of the recurring guests. So we don't have a lot of people who come back and Talk to you again and again. But in being a part of the divorce culture world, there, are, you're gonna, if you're a part of it or you've been a part of it, this is a journey. And so there will be questions that come up down the road. And I want you to be able to feel like you have someone that'll come back on and be able to answer those questions for you if you wanna submit them in the interim. Also, we're not going to be able to cover everything about this topic during this very small amount of time because it is a very large topic because we're going to talk about divorce litigation for a little bit. Bum, bum, bum. So (laughs) those were my sound effects, by the way, personally. (laughs) And so... You know, divorce litigation, obviously, some of you did not get to choose. You were maybe served or there was not another process option available for you. We really feel like those are a very finite amount of cases in the collaborative world and feel like we can help almost every single person who's going through a divorce for a very tiny, tiny amount of exceptions. And so, but you may be finding yourself there or all this may be over. So you may not be dealing with it anymore. And we don't really want to get into the habit of having you unhash the past. However, we do want to provide some perspective that will allow you to all have awareness. So one of the biggest things about litigation is that it's scary because it's completely unknown and you've heard a lot of really terrible things about it. You've heard about all of your other friends who have been through it. It is husband versus wife or wife versus husband. There's a big V in the middle. So the other place that we see that is a boxing title match. So it does kind of start to have that feeling of being in a litigation divorce boxing match. And that really is a lot of the way that litigation is. And so our big push here on Divorce Healthy is that we want you to make decisions that are good for you and your family and your children that are going to help you move forward. So the thing that you should be finding as the running theme through Divorce Healthy is that at the end of the day, you're moving forward. You're making this decision or this decision is being made for you. And that means that there's a massive transition in your life and you're going to be moving forward. There's a different phase. You are entering a new phase if you are getting a divorce that is a time for spring cleaning, for reckoning, for a lot of different things, for a lot of man in the mirror, look in the mirror moments. And so because it is a move forward place, we don't want you to get into a process or get yourself into a situation where you're having very negative energy exposed to you around the clock, that you're really being incited a lot more, you're being pushed to have certain emotions. We want you to even if you are in that space to be aware of it. So the effect can be less. Okay. So if we take a backup and we zoom out 50,000, 20,000 feet, whatever thousand marker you're deciding to use, you may like even or odd numbers better, but zoom out. And if you get there, then that perspective is going to help you make better decisions. It's going to help you understand what you're doing more. And it's going to help you to be able to kind of get a big picture full above the chessboard, looking down on a chessboard game player position, okay? That's where we want you to be. In order to do that, we really have to be able to help you understand litigation. And so that's why we're here today. So we're not here to get into it, to really have a lot of negative energy around it. We're here to just help you explain it, understand it, and just understand the process that's there and the tactics that are used and different, you know, formats, motions, processes that are used and what that really means at the end of the day. So you can kind of understand it a little bit better. So that should be a good foundation for you to understand kind of where we're going with this and what I want you to pick up. Cause again, we want you to come away with this with awareness and understanding. So don't get lost in the woods on this. If you start to go to that dark place where you're having like, really negative memories, flashbacks, having PTSD, or currently experiencing a big trauma and litigation, just kind of try to not go into that and just listen to what we're saying so that you can zoom out. We're trying to help you zoom out. So, all right. So Ben McLaughorn is an amazing person. He's a very dear friend of mine, and I am in business with Ben. He and I are law partners and we are partners of a law firm called McLawhorn and Russell. And that is my second law firm. AR Law is my collaborative law firm. Ben's firm handles a lot of different types of things, but civil litigation is one of them. At AR Law, we do not do litigated cases because we really keep that in ADR focus. We're focused on collaborative, we're focused on mediation, we're focused on getting you through it without ever having to go to court. You may be in a place where you absolutely have no other choice. For those circumstances, Ben practices civil litigation at McLawhorn and Russell, and he's very good. He's very real. And one of the biggest hallmarks of AR and also McLawhorn is that customer service is incredibly important to us, and that we really want to be the people who help you understand the law. We're going to explain it to you so that you understand it. Understanding is a perspective. That kind of pulls back the veil so you can see it the way that we see it. and You can make good decisions there. So, Ben, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Ashton and Cole. You know, I'm a longtime listener. This is my first time caller. So it's good to be here. And I'm excited that we're going to be able to help people kind of understand and kind of be aware of any potential pitfalls that can occur when we, when you transition from or if you're thrust into a litigated divorce or custody or child support matter. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of divorce attorneys who don't make money when they settle things, and they have a dog in the fight, so to speak, to encourage you to let's battle this out in court, and they encourage that negativity. And if you've ever seen any of those attorneys in practice, you'll notice they're not really happy about what they do. They don't really have these positive discussions that we do with our clients. I mean, it's our goal not only to help you through this process and to stay above water here and not, you know, join the pigs down there in the fight, so to speak. And, you know, we encourage that we want your experience with us to be completely an optimistic and a positive experience. And, and when we're done, we want your quality of life to have better just through, you know, through your interactions with us and through your through us helping you through the process. And, and I'm happy to be here. Nicole. I do appreciate the opportunity.
0: So, Ben, all right, so we've got our expert here. Now, I want you guys to all remember as we go through this, just kind of write down any questions that you have. You can send those to us through any of our social media accounts, which is AR Law, or you can go to our Facebook page, Law Offices of Ashley Nicole Russell, or go to Twitter, which is also AR Law. And if you have any questions, do send them over to us. We'd be happy to address them next time Ben comes on. Ask Ben. And so, okay, so, Ben. Let's just kind of get started with this. Sometimes people do not really get to choose to go into an ADR process because they've been served. However, that does not mean that you can't still settle in litigation. And so just kind of go through that little aspect for us so that people can kind of understand that.
1: Yeah. So it's important to know that any type of civil litigation, once somebody has hired an attorney, it is going to be in your best interest to also retain counsel. Speaking directly with another attorney is never advisable. Never. They can talk way too quick. They can say a lot of things that you're not going to understand. And they can also say a lot of things very quickly to make you think like they've got your best interest at heart, but they absolutely do not. That's one of the duties of an attorney to their client is to get them the best outcome possible. And unfortunately, as Ashley Nicole mentioned, with that V that's in between your two names when you enter into litigation. Yes, yes they absolutely just have their client's best interest at heart. And when you hire a strictly litigating attorney, they're going to take that to the fullest extent that they can. And and sometimes what you see is they're recommending courses of action that are not just creating conflict among the parties, but they can also have detrimental effects to the family unit as a whole. And so you have to be aware of that once you get served. Now, As Ashley Cole mentioned, you don't actually have to continue down that litigation path. There are obviously opportunities to settle, but a lot of that depends on the attorney who they pick and their willingness to. But let's think about this in a whole. So you've got settlement on one hand and you've got litigation on the other. Settlement is you and your soon-to-be ex-spouse coming up with an agreement for you know, whether that's child custody or whether that's division of assets or whether that's child support or post-separation support. Certainly, whatever agreement that you and your partner are able to come up with is going to be better than anything that a judge who is a neutral third party is going to be able to determine in the you know two-hour hearing or the one-day hearing or the three-day hearing they get, because that's just not enough time to completely understand your life and how things have been working up until this point. And so that's why we encourage the settlement process. And ultimately, too, we're able to get some of those, you know, hard and tough litigators to settle, too, because they can see that they can still, you know, bring in revenue to their firm, but they're also helping the other. They're helping to solve this problem without the need of waiting for hearings and things like that. And we've seen a exacerbation of the whole process since coronavirus has hit because, you know, it 100%. Used, to, used to be you could schedule things, you know, in a month or so, and this could be heard. So but now we're talking two, three months, there's lots of limitations on how soon and how much time you get. And you have to understand that if you're asking a judge to make a determination about your life, about your well-being moving forward, and he's getting two hours to make that decision, I mean, clearly you know that's not enough time. And there's no way that even the best attorney could get all of your information in a hearing in that short amount of a time. So knowing those differences and knowing that you don't, you know, have to necessarily participate in such a negative manner. And a lot of that depends on finding the right attorney who fits for you, who fits with your personality, who can help you achieve what you're actually looking to do.
0: So I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, that really is such a big thing to highlight for people that I think they get really lost in. One is that you do not have to choose litigation. It is a choice to enter into a courtroom to have to decide this. You can figure it out at your kitchen table, and then you can have that drafted into a legally binding document all the way through mediation, collaborative, and then litigation is the other end of the scale. So don't think that you absolutely have to go to litigation if you have not been served yet. If you have been served, that's a different story. You absolutely need to seek counsel. And I'm going to note here at the beginning, none of what we're telling you today is legal advice. This is just a description of the process and the culture of divorce so that you can understand that. We are not able to give you legal advice unless you hire one of us. And we're not really able to do that unless you live in the state of North Carolina. However, you can settle basically anywhere in the country. So just understand that whatever your needs are, you can scale it to that. So I'm just going to kind of let that be that foundation there. But you absolutely do not have to go to court. Now, if you have been served, there's really not an option, except you can actively help bring yourself out of it. And so initially, the choice is yours. You can decide settlement or litigation, obviously like Ben said, control is a big issue. If you choose to go to litigation, you're choosing to give up that control. Or if your spouse chose to go to litigation, they've already chosen to give up that control. When you go to litigation, the more time you spend in litigation, the more it costs. And so the cost is generally in a very large part in attorney's fees. So the court costs are very small in comparison to any of the attorney's fees. And Divorce in America, if you watch Divorce Corp, which is a documentary, they report that Divorce in America is a $50 billion industry. And so that is a big price tag. So I'm not going to get into going into exactly what litigation costs, because that's going to be a very different thing depending on where you are in this country. However, we can tell you as an absolute baseline that it is extremely more costly than any type of settlement process, because... You have control of your process. It's a shorter process. It does not have to abide by the timeframes with the court and the statutes that you have to carry and be able to meet the deadlines that are required. And so the reason that you need to absolutely consult an attorney if you get served or if your spouse decides to hire an attorney and go into litigation, you are actually in litigation is that there are lots of timeframes that you need to know about and you need to have someone explain those to you. You need to have someone represent you so that they can abide by those timeframes. So that is very important. Do not try to go at it alone, like Ben said, and talk to someone who is representing your spouse. That is not a good position for you to be in, even though you are still married and maybe even still living in the same house. Please understand there is a V in between the two of your names. Now, let's say that you're already you're in litigation and you're like, oh no, all is lost. I'm here. I read Ashley Nicole's book. I'm terrified about what's about to happen to my children because now. I'm a part of these litigation statistics, you can still pull yourself out. You can also hire an attorney who has integrity and who is reputable and makes commonsensical decisions and is able to explain things to you in a commonsensical manner so that you can fully understand the process that you're in. You do not want someone sitting across from you that does not have the same type of personality that you do or moral character because you want to make sure that the person that is representing you is truly a representation of who you are. So Ben, tell me about when you get into litigation, it can get out of control kind of fast. And there's a lot of reasons why that happens. A lot of the fact that, you know, when you're dealing with a family, you're dealing with basically everything. And so the law applies to financial, personal, estate, lots of different types of issues. And so you get in and it's like, there's everything under the moon that is applicable and relevant. And so what does that mean in terms of cost and emotional output?
1: You know, we see this on a daily basis. My email inbox is full of gripes about people's future exes and, and what's going on in the case. And, and you gotta you have to understand that litigators, every time you send that email, every time you send that text message, every time they respond, they are billing you. Those costs will continue to rise. It's important for you to realize that while everything goes into your case some of the things they might not find relevant but you've just spent an hour you know doing a whole email on you know what he did last week and it may not be relevant and so or at least relevant to their legal analysis and so in controlling those calls or attempting to control those calls you know you would seek settlement and so the North Carolina General Assembly has actually already viewed as solved the problem with divorce here and so at least as, as far as the law is concerned here in North Carolina there's mandatory mediation especially for child custody. So once the party is lit, it's mandatory that you at least try to sit down in a room and come up with a an agreement. And that is in absentia, basically without the attorneys there. And they have mediators in every county in the, in the state. But right now, I mean, those mediation dates are being pushed out for months. And so you could have a situation where you've just gotten separated and one of the spouses has taken the kid and is not talking to you and telling you what's going on and you actually have no recourse. The police can't go take that child right then. You have to file these things in court. Once that happens, you know, you start this long road, this potentially long and expensive road, it's going to have an effect on your mental health. And entering into that, the whole litigation phase, I mean, as you mentioned before, with the the V meaning versus, it can be a toxic environment. And that's because your attorney is saying, hey, you should do this, this, and this, this is in your best interest. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that just seems kind of a thing a jerk would do, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're advising you to do it because they say, well, if you do this, this, and this, then we're going to make sure that we get these things done. And we've seen that over a number of things, particularly in large in North Carolina we have equitable distribution. That means that there's a splitting of the assets and the debts at the end of the marriage. So you, you a lot of the times you see a very wealthy spouse who would be the one on the hook basically to have to pay the other party. They'll go at the end of that marriage, or even sometimes without the other person knowing, and they'll run up huge amounts of debt. I mean, we've seen somebody having over, you know, ten or fifteen credit cards that the other person didn't know about, and each with, you know, ten to fifteen thousand dollars of debt on them. And so they do that, and they've been advised, and sometimes by other attorneys, to do that so they can reduce the amount of assets that are available, so they have to pay you less. You would think that that is, you know, not only despicable. But the the effect that it has, agreed. <laughs> the effect that it has on the people that are involved in it is is not only something that can be extremely detrimental to their mental health, but I mean it keeps people up at night. And then you run into situations where you have parents that are the primary caregivers for the children, and they're unable to make ends meet because their other spouse has taken these kind of actions on the advice of their attorney. And you know the difference between you know. Even though I do litigate, and you know that's what part of you know McLawhorn and Russell is, is knowing the difference between a what we call a true litigator, and then the role that we like to embrace, which is an attorney and counselor at law, and mm-hmm. say, well, you know, technically the law says this, so you could do all of these things, but let's think about the effect that that's going to have on the family unit. Let's think about mm-hmm. the effect that's really going to have on the kids.
0: On your financial portfolio, your future financial portfolio. You've now created all this debt. Is that debt being paid?
1: Yeah, you end up with these really, really horrible situations. And then at the end of the day, when all's said and done, your attorney's made you know taking a substantial amount from the marital estate, and you're going to end up if you have to go through the litigation process, you're going to end up with something that ultimately neither party is going to really want to be the ruling because you couldn't come down and together and sit in a room. And hash this out.
0: At least to go forward as co-parents after you've been through a three year battle and are expected to love and respect each other so that your children can be whole people. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and it presents some, some very some very unique problems. And then, you know, we get into issues where parents will try and alienate the child and they'll try to, you know, impart or inflict their own feelings towards the other party onto their child. So now you've got issues where the child's being brainwashed essentially. And those things happen. I mean, it's unfortunate they do, but, you know, trying to handle this in the most amicable way is tough. I mean, because especially if they're on the other side and they're getting some advice on some really shady things to do and you're stuck on the receiving end of it, it can certainly become at that point what you think is a battle where, well, if she's going to do that, then I'm going to do this. If he's going to do that, then I'm going to come back and do this. And we've heard that before. I mean, one of the things you hear a lot of times as well, if they think they're getting all this money, I'd rather just give it to the attorney. And ultimately that, solves no problems. All it does Mm -mm. is is puts money in an attorney's pocket and you're going to leave with a sour taste in your mouth at the end of this.
0: Yep. And that's going to carry you around for the next decade. And your life, then you decided to alter it and get away from someone who maybe you didn't like or felt like was making you unhappy or a situation that you felt like was toxic or wasn't good. And then you're just going to carry around toxicity for the next decade Because you don't like the result that you got. You don't like what you had. I mean, Ben, that was exactly on point. Like all of those points are just, and it's just hard, you know, and for our clients, it's hard for them to see that right now it hurts so bad. And it's such a personal affront because you loved this person. You built a life with this person. You have kids with this person. You made this person in reality knows the most about you of anybody else and can actually do the most harm to you. That's why you're afraid. But vice versa. So, you both have that in common. You knew that when you said, I do. And so, now if you can consistently pull back, have representation that can help you have a clear view, a clear understanding, you can help to settle your mind to where you're not adding gas to the flame. And instead, you're able to put out the flame. That's what we want to do. And so, it's hard. It's hard to have that perspective. I mean, when you get afraid, you want to go into that fight or flight mode. And we see that a lot. Ben, I mean, fight or flight, that's something that when we're dealing with litigation, do you feel like that's the status quo? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) uh,
1: when when somebody, you know, comes, you know, full bore with a with a like a true litigator and they're filing all of these motions, they want to see all the bank accounts. and, And that's another thing with the litigation process. Everything is discoverable. You know, somebody. So, you know, this is your spouse who knows almost everything about you or if they think they do. They get an attorney, and they can dig into every crack and crevice of your life, all of your financial statements, credit cards, phone records, Facebook profiles. All of that is discovered. Employment records, exactly. Health records. And so, not only are they subpoenaing that information or getting it through other discovery methods, they're paying somebody to look at it
0: and And to file pleadings about it that everyone can see and are made public record. Exactly.
1: And you know. Some of the things that I've seen in a divorce courtroom, I I wouldn't want my child to see. But what you've got (laughs) to know is that when they get old enough or, you know, it's all public record.
0: They can come back around and look at the whole thing.
1: And it's, you know.
0: And they do. They do. You're going to hear later. They do. They come back and they look at it. They want to know. And it's you know, in 15 years, you're not in that space anymore. And when your kid comes to you and there are all these text messages that you wrote to someone about your husband or ex-wife or new relationship, and they're able to see that, it's getting really real at
1: home. Yeah, it can be very contentious. And I mean, I think you should, you should not only think about that. So we'll just use the classic example of somebody committing adultery, being unfaithful, right? This is 2020. There's social media. There's so many, there's Numerous dating apps, all that information is discoverable as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, but let's use that classic scenario, right? So something happens in the relationship, somebody's not happy, Other the person's not looking out for their needs, so they go outside of the relationship to find somebody that they think is going to be better. Unfortunately, that happens. We're humans, right? Everybody makes mistakes. And if, mm-hmm. if you're unable to get over it and you want to end the marriage, that's fine. But, you know, unfortunately that's viewed by many attorneys, most litigators, that's ammunition. Mm-hmm. Oh, she cheated? Let's get all those text messages and let's rehash all of that. What good does that do? Maybe you don't have to pay him as much or maybe you don't have to pay him anything in support. Maybe that it is that contentious and maybe they did do some bad things, but you know, we have to step back and say, well, why did they get pushed to do that? What was was I doing something wrong? And and most of the time you're going to find that there was something in that relationship That maybe was an issue at the beginning, at the start, that was never talked about between the people, and they just let it fester. And it never got to a point where they sat down and talked about it. And those things happen, and when those things happen, and somebody goes outside of the marriage, do you really want your child to have the opportunity to go back and review the stuff from this proceeding, and they see some very explicit text message between you and another person? Now, what good does that do? It doesn't do any good. You guys were going to get separated or going to get divorced anyway. But now, instead of just doing that in the most amicable way and saying, you know.
0: And in a private place, in a conference room. Exactly. Having the same conversation. Get your closure. We
1: want your closure. Instead of that. Now, I've got to go into court, use that as evidence, (laughs) and tell a judge or question you on the stand about these things where you're talking to a third party and it can be some very private information. And that has happened before. It happens every day in America, especially in divorce courts. Mm -hmm. It's, It's one of those things where we've turned that kind of marital misconduct, which is a term used in North Carolina. We have turned that kind of stuff into ammunition that attorneys just love. And they use it like a sword, like a medieval sword in battle. I mean, they use it to attack people. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't solve anything. You're going to end up with a, a broken marriage, the ones that's getting separated, and you're going to end up with a lot of private, private things just forced into the public light, and, and and a
0: lot of debt to get it there. Exactly. So, like, not only are you exposed for years to come, you can't go and get those records redacted necessarily unless you. that's a whole process, but… You know, you're going to, that's there. And additionally, you know, is your retirement account drained? Is your bank account drained? Did you have to sell a piece of property to pay for your attorney's fees? Regularly, hundreds of thousands of dollars are spent on attorney's fees regularly. And that's even in North Carolina in the South. Like, you know, you get to bigger cities, LA, New York city, you guys, attorney's fees, you guys are getting up there on attorney's fees. And do you need a litigator? I mean, have you Do you need a case where you're going to have to have somebody there for you that's able to represent your interest? I don't know. Think about it. If you can have a conversation with your spouse and the two of you can get down to a place where the two of you understand that neither one of you want to pay that amount of money or do that to each other, then you can have these conversations. Your attorney can help you. We can help you to be able to understand how to pull back from that. You can file a collaborative stay. You can actually stay the litigation long enough for you to have a conversation. Just try. Just try to have a Starbucks coffee and be able to say, you know what? Can we get to any understanding? What Can we agree on anything? What do you agree on? If you start with what you agree on instead of with what you don't agree on, it is a much better foundation. But most attorneys start on what you don't agree on because it's going to make you entrenched. And if you pull back and understand who you are as a person, you built this life. You made these children. They are your genetic code, the two of you. You physically made them. You physically made the money that's in your accounts. You physically made the properties that you have been able to acquire you have made all of this as your own and then you're going to go to someone else to deal with it all for you that would be like every day instead of doing all of your own budgeting and bill paying and all of that you just handed it out to some random person that you had a couple of hours to explain to them everything that they would needed to do and that they would need to do it all for you it just doesn't make sense you did all of this this is america i mean these are our rights these are our children And for you to just give it all up to then have something that is your children are able to find later. It's not the best position to be in. And even if you're the person that's like, well, I didn't cheat. I wasn't the one who did that. They did this to me. They wronged me. Yes, they did. I want to validate you right now. It's wrong. And now they're going to have to deal with an ended marriage over it. They're not going to see their kids as much. You're both going to have to deal with the brokenness of that. But all of the things that you get into, the text messages and all of that stuff, the other side can do it too. And we're not all perfect people. You know, one flaw that I may have is different than someone else's flaw. And when everything is fair in love and war, then it's all open. It's all there. So, you know, you may not be a bad person in one way, but generally people have a vice or two. And even if it's a hidden vice, it's a found vice whenever you're in family court. So just please remember that. Don't live in a glass house and throw stones at your spouse when you know that you have something that you wouldn't necessarily want to be brought to the open public so that they could cast stones on you. Ben, I mean... Do you feel like these are things that you see and this would be your perspective, too?
1: Absolutely. So I'll just use an example from a case we've had before. I'll not use any names. We'll just say Sam and Bob. So Samantha, you know, maybe she had an affair years ago. Bob said, "Okay." she fessed to it and they they worked something out. Then later down the road, they decide that it's not working out. And Bob comes back when they file for divorce and wants to bring all that back up. And for this particular one, I know that the settlement agreements have been offered among the parties. Well, Bob is insistent that this indiscretion seven years ago, which he forgave her for, is too much for him to handle. And he should get the house, he should get the kids, he should get everything. I have a huge trial on it. I think at the end of it, maybe he had to pay her maybe $150 less than what we had offered. And they've spent thousands of dollars on the case just to end up where they're at. And also have to go through all of these things in open court. It created this huge you know, issue between the parents. And if you think that that's not going to have an effect on the children, then you're wrong. Because mm-hmm. it did. And it's still mm-hmm. going to continue because dad is holding this over her head. And Samantha has tried to, you know, not just say her mea culpas, but like did counseling things like that. Like, you know, things like that. You know, what's the point of rehashing all that? There isn't one. So you can feel bigger and better in court, because at the end of the day, he's stuck with a sour taste in his mouth, because he just spent basically their children's college fund to bring this up, so he could show her parents what a bad person she was in court.
0: And zoom out, because if your children are hurting themselves, or they're saying that. They're, you know, they're showing all these signs of depression or they're acting out in school. Instead of trying to figure out if the other parent is causing all of this, try to figure out if your family law litigation case is causing all of this, you know, like lots of parents want to say, oh, well, you know, this is really my spouse that's doing all this to my kids. That's hard. That's hard to wrap your head around there, that just one person out of this entire equation is causing all of this whenever the statistics tell us that every child out of divorce or large percentages of children out of divorce, out of litigated divorce, are going through the same thing. I just want you to really see what we're talking about here. And when we say that when you do all of these things, not only are you probably not going to get the result that you want in court, but you're going to have to deal with, have to, have to, have to deal with the fallout of your own emotional and your children's emotional reaction to what you're dealing with. I mean, children are doing terrible things to themselves because they're crying out for help for their parents to stop being so contentious for, we're talking a couple hundred dollars of child support or a couple hundred dollars of alimony or like, you know, the Harley or the boat. I mean, Think about how much money you're spending in attorney's fees. Think about how much sleep you're losing at night. Think about how productive you are at work right now. Think about how much you're crying. Think about all of these things. Think about your kids. Are they sleeping? How are their relationships going? What's happening? Zoom out. What's really happening? Is all that worth it? You might be saying yes. You might have one of those small, tiny, little fraction of the cases that yes, You might be saying that, but I just give yourself a moment where you look in the mirror and you ask yourself those questions for five minutes, because that's really what we want you to do. If you've already been asking yourself those questions, or if you're saying, you know what, thank you for answering my question. I don't want to go to litigation now. I'm good. I'll go to collaborative or I'll go to mediation. Then that's perfect. But we do want you to send us your questions. So like I said, this is an ever going topic. I mean, we could spend hours on the phone or on the podcast with you talking about. feels like we're on the phone together, doesn't it? (laughs) But we could spend hours doing this and just leading you through all of the different crazy ways that this starts to just massively amount to lots of money in court. All these motions cost money. All those subpoenas cost money. All the hours to review all of those hundreds of pages of records cost money. It's just something we want you to see. Just pull back, look down at the chessboard. Don't hug the rook see all the people for who they are. And we're going to be here. Ben's coming back. So Ben, we're going to have to wrap up soon because, oh my goodness, we could go on forever, couldn't yeah, we? But yeah. we will have you back soon to answer more questions because this is just the very tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so
1: in closing, let me just close this out with you know knowing the differences here in both of you know litigation and pursuing ADR, or alternative dispute resolution methods. There are three big main things that you need to know. If you go the litigation route, be prepared to spend more time, more money, and you may be having more therapy sessions than you want just for your own mental well-being. Now, does that happen in every case? No. Maybe it doesn't happen for you, but for 90% of them, it does. So know if you're able to realize, say to your partner who you chose to be with. Now, this was a volitional decision, <laughs> but it certainly changes on that, that separation date. I will tell you that. You would chose that person, and if you can approach them in a respectful manner and say, Hey, look, I understand we had something, we lost it, we're unable to do it. Sometimes you can't even sit in the same room with that person, and that's okay, but you need to have a humble discussion. Hey, we didn't work out, but we need to take the time to be civil, split up our things, decide who gets the kids when and where, rather than dragging it all into court and having a judge figure it out. Because I guarantee you neither one of you are going to be, you know, appreciating his decision. Whereas at least if you sit down for some kind of other alternative dispute resolution method, you're going to get some of what you want more likely than less. And so knowing that ahead of time is key when you're, you know, navigating your own divorce or separation. So just keep that in mind. And I do appreciate the time for you guys listening today. I know we probably sound like a broken record on a lot of this stuff, but is there are key things that you need to know when, when you're going through this, because Humans are emotional, and when we're emotional, we don't act rational. And so mm-hmm. as attorneys, you want to pick an attorney who's going to objectively look at it, tell you what's going on, explain the law to you, and explain to you, well, if we sue them in court or if we do all this, this is what's going to happen, or if you think they'd be able to, you know, I speak to their attorney and they're willing to, then let's come to, a, let's come to an agreement on something. And it's ultimately mm-hmm. going to save you that time, that money, and that mental headache.
0: So what were the three things again? You said there were three things. Can you highlight them for me one more time? You said three things you wanted to make sure people
1: remembered. If you go through litigation instead of ADR methods, you're going to spend a lot more money. You're going to spend a lot more Mm -hmm. time in litigation. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a big effect on your mental health. And it's going to be negative.
0: So time, money, mental health. So peace, the thing we're all trying to figure out, how to be at peace, how to have balance, that whole balance. Big time, time, the thing that we make money on, which is the most valuable thing that we have. Quality time is incredibly important to us as humans. And then money, the way that we survive and the way that we function exist in this world. So all three of those aspects highlighted for you here today by Benjamin McLawhorn as little things you want to remember through this process that all three of those are affected. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Ben. We are going to have Ben back with us. So again, send those questions in. And we're here for you. And this is just the tip of the iceberg with litigation. And we'll be back with you on Divorce Healthy. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Divorce Healthy, your guide to mastering conflict resolution at home and in the workplace. To inquire about speaking engagements, purchase your copy of Ashley Nicole's book, The Cure for Divorce Culture, or to schedule your private orientation
0: meeting, head to www.anrlaw.com. You can also find us on social media at ANR Law. Find a better way forward right here on Divorce Healthy.